Isaiah proclaims to a weary people that the Lord is returning to Zion. Isaiah chapter 52 verses 7 through 10. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of the messenger who announces peace, who brings good news, who announces salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. Listen, your sentinels lift up their voices. Together they sing for joy. For in plain sight they see the return of the Lord to Zion. Break forth together into singing, you ruins of Jerusalem. For the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord has bared his holy arm before the eyes of all the nations. And all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us, thanks be to God. The birth of Jesus and the journey of the shepherds is told in Luke's gospel, the second chapter, verses 1 through 20. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. For see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace among those whom God favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us, thanks be to God. Merry Christmas. Wherever you find yourself this Sunday morning, I hope that you are full of joy and feel the presence of Christ deep within your heart. Christmas can be such a wondrous time. 
I can still remember the feeling of being too excited to go to bed when I was a child because I couldn't wait for Santa to come that night. I would lay in bed thinking about the next morning when we could all sit by the fire, drink hot chocolate, and open presents together. That feeling was so beautiful. It was the overwhelming experience of a hopeful, joy-driven anticipation. And while I know that that core memory speaks nothing to the theological reasons we are all here today, as I get older and dig more into my faith every year, I realize it's actually an astounding emotional witness to the way we could be experiencing this day. When we look at both of our texts, you can see that this same feeling of hopeful anticipation is there. But instead of the anxious excitement of opening presents, it's the deep hope and excitement and anticipation of an entire people. The words in our Isaiah text are being spoken to an exiled people. They've had their temple destroyed, their land and homes taken away, and for many, their faith and hope in a God who is with them taken too. Yet here, after years in the wilderness, we hear Isaiah proclaim that God can be seen returning to Zion in plain sight. The ruins of Jerusalem are called to break forth into singing because God is here to comfort and defend God's people. This is more than a joy or excitement that lasts a day. This is an anticipation that is breathing new life into an entire generation of people. This is a hope that will move mountains, restore life, and lift up the weary. And in Luke, we jump into a time when one of Rome's most powerful emperors is in power. There are inscriptions on walls and money calling this man Lord Augustus, the savior of peace, because of his military might. And while that might bode well for those in power, it has transformed the empire into a society of fear and violence. In the midst of all this, we witness an angel stand before a group of lowly shepherds and proclaim that they are bringing good news of great joy for all people, because the true savior of peace is being born into our broken world. When the shepherds go to see Jesus for themselves, they leave glorifying and praising God for all that they have seen. It's utter joy, it's hopeful anticipation. Two stories about 700 years apart, both witnesses to a message from their God that inspires radical hope and joyous celebration. I like to think of those shepherds and exiled people of Judah in those moments as feeling and acting like an excited child on Christmas morning. Just imagine, you can see it on their tired faces, tears of joy rolling down their faces, spontaneous laughter erupting from their mouths because the hope of it all is just too much and smiles so deep that their faces hurt. Like the children we see today and the children we used to be, they are letting in all of the emotions without fear of looking foolish, without the weight of the world on their shoulders. They are experiencing that joyful and hopeful anticipation to its fullest once again. And even as a child, if it was for more materialistic reasons, 
That capacity to let that much joy in is a radical act of defiance and hope. The biggest present the people in these scriptures are hoping to find under the tree on Christmas morning is the kingdom of God restored. The gifts they are yearning to unwrap are renewed hopes in the belief that God will bring a true justice that will roll down like waters, that God will overpower the systems of oppression, breaking them open so that love and forgiveness may overflow from each and every one of their cups. And I gotta say, now as an adult, while I love a good gift, these are some of the best things we could ever be promised and hope for, right? What beautiful things to hope for and to work towards. These are the gifts that truly matter. These texts this Christmas morning bear witness to the joy that can cut through any suffering we experience in the world without negating it. They point us back to what matters, to what God has come here to do, and what God calls us to be a part of every day. These texts this Christmas morning focus our attention on the radical hope that resurrects a community. They remind us that it's not just a yearly tradition, but a radical claim to call Jesus Christ our Savior and Lord. This newborn child can pull us out of our own weariness, away from the false promises of a broken world, and draw us back into that childlike joy and hope we knew when we were young. We get so distracted by the shiny promise of new things. We want to believe that they will fill us up with the love and joy we so desperately crave, but they don't, or at least not for long. Or we get stuck in the painful or poignant memories that this time of year so often brings. And these are all real and valid experiences to have. Our world is heavy and joy can be hard. But this is the radical truth that has been a part of the Christmas story since day one. Amidst all of that pain, the distractions and overwhelming odds, God has come to be with us. Emmanuel is here. This hope is just the beginning of the story. This is the truth that we have to find our way back to every December 25th. Christmas is not just about the birth of Christ, but the rebirth of deep hope, a rediscovering of our youthful courage to unabashedly embrace joy and hope and love in all its forms. And once we do that, every year we take a step closer to reorienting and reclaiming that childlike joy and hope, but now based fully in the promise of who Jesus is and what he has come here to do. Isaiah gives us this image of a messenger whose beauty is solely dictated by the radical words of hope, of redemption, and love that they proclaim. Our text today can also remind us that we can be that messenger too. Embracing the joy and hope that we find in everything this small child stands for is but one way that we can be the feet of those who bring good news. We are called to be the messengers who announce peace to the world too. We are called to continue the journey of the shepherds who travel through parts unknown to seek the truth of a child lying in a manger. As you return back to whatever holiday festivities you have planned for the day, I hope you take a moment to embrace the full joy of what this day means. Let it bring tears to your eyes 
laughter to your hearts and a smile to your face. Today, the Messiah has been born. We are not alone. Jesus has come to be with us and to show us how we can participate in the kingdom of God here on earth. May this truth transform you and guide you through the new year. Merry Christmas. Amen.